Thursday's episode of the Shot Clock Podcast with me, Jago. Today's guest is head of athletic training for the Irish uh, squads, former Cluster and Vincent's player, and looking forward to his first season with Malahoy Basketball Club in the National League. It's Pete Madsen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Shot Clock Podcast with me, Jerry Jago. Today's guest is head of athletic development for Basketball Ireland, former Cholester in St. Vincent's, National League standout, Super League standout, and looking forward to his first season with Malahoy Basketball Club in their first year in the National League. A former Irish teammate of mine, somebody who I wish I got to play with more. Pete Madison, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. No problem. How's things? The first question I'm going to ask everyone is how's, how's lockdown been treating you? Yeah, good. Um, training a lot, given that there's no basketball and any excuse to get away from the family. But uh, <laughs> other than that, though, training going really well. Yeah, and uh, as we were speak- speaking earlier, yeah, really looking forward to the season. It was good fun and getting involved with Malahide. We were training was going great prior to COVID and um, really, really nice squad, nice mix of young guys. And actually, when they asked me what I like to play, they kind of, they labeled, they say we need a bit of seasoning on the team. So I was like, seasoning? That's probably the nicest way anyone's ever told me. I'm going to write that down because yeah, <laughs> I'll do that. Yeah. So uh, I was really, yeah, I was really looking forward to it. So yeah. So, but yeah, things are going good. Who, who else is there? The rumors, the rumors were rife. Yeah. <laughs> like I'd heard everybody. Uh, yeah. Well, that I had heard some people I didn't even know who, yeah. But, um, yeah, so we had uh, well, Foley. Kev Foley is in the mix. Um, who else have we got? So uh, Gary Barron was was going to get involved. Some of the young guys I'd only met, Killian O'Driscoll, the Dailies were involved. They were really impressed me, I have to say. And the, like I said, I'd only met the guys. Um, some of them, they were telling me I was coached. I used to coach them when they were like eight and nine. I was like, Jesus, way to make me really feel old. <laughs> and uh, but, uh, who else? Tariq uh, from well, ex-Vincent's lad. Yeah, so... Um, and then our American towns at the at the time he was really nice addition. Um, Stephen Engel, yeah, ex, ex Temple Oak. Temple Oak, yeah, yeah, he yeah. Big, yeah. He's a big boy, and he's such a really, really nice guy, really nice team guy, you know. And um, so yeah, like we quite a few of all. Um, Connor James, we're kind of we're actually very strong at every position, you know. So um, yeah, I was looking forward to. It. So fingers crossed, get to. Um, put that jersey on, being happy days. Yeah, look, I'm definitely going to be taking a trip to at least one of those games just just to see right. that mix. So we'll we'll take it back. As I said, you started with Colester, moved to Vincent's, stint yeah. in the states, stint yeah. in the UK, back to Colester again. But let's go back to the very start. Who, what, or why made you pick up a basketball for the first time? Uh, Mama Dukes, Mama Dukes. So she just, uh, yeah, just said, look. There's something happening there in the Cholester courts. Do you want to go in and have a go at that? And I was like, Cholester courts is another outdoor sport. I was had a pain in me, you know what, playing guy because I was freezing. And uh, I was like, we're going to try an indoor sport. And then, um, yeah, so she just sent me over there, have give it a bash, and never never looked back really. So yeah, that was what, what age were you when you picked up a ball? Uh, yeah, like 12, 12. So kind of. But I had a weird story, and my one of my neighbors, who who actually he was, he died, and he on without trying to be too morbid, but his mother gave me his ball, and I was like, just from there, I I never like I wore the thing out. It was kind of like linked into my mom saying you should try it out, and then him, his mom giving me the ball, it was like okay, 
you know, I'm not superstitious, but this is definitely a sign. I'm, I'm going with this. Like, so, yeah, that was pretty much it. And Vinny Green was coaching us down on the courts with some guys, Neil Conroy and John Heary, all them boys were there. And we're all, yeah, baiting the head off each other. It was great fun. Brilliant. Heary was a tough competitor. And oh, Neil, because we had some great battles with them. Yeah, the yeah. Great guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really Mookie good. was our coach in there as well. So, yeah, Vinny Green got us going down there. It was brilliant. But those courts are renowned for people coming over and playing and those those. I remember the, sum, the summer leagues used to be over there back in the day. Back in ages ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. We need Crap. we need to get yeah. summer leagues back again. Oh man, I'd love that. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> so you played with some greats over the years. Um, who was your favorite teammate and why? That's a difficult one. I was looking at that and I'm going back and forth and my, my wife doesn't really know a whole lot about basketball, but she still was just like, you know, just hurry up and pick somebody. But uh, <laughs> so like, because when you like, so when I was playing with Vincent's, you know, Emmett Donnelly would have been a standout for me, you know, as far as a teammate. Um, and then when I moved over to the States, because Mick Richardson, like we're best friends and we're best men for each other. But he, I would have to say, through college, because he's the one who kind of dragged me through college and kind of motivated me and I kind of had someone I looked up to so um I would definitely say yeah Mick Mick Richardson would be the be the standout one of the teammate. most underrated players to oh, man. come out of this country Bizarre. like there's not enough said about Mick Richardson that's the truth and that'll probably uh, uh, yeah I'll answer one of your questions later on but yeah Mick Richardson um standout guy standout player unbelievable really standout yeah. guy that's I like that you led with that rather than play. <laughs> and got, he is such a good guy. I've only yeah, yeah. reconnected with him on Instagram and Facebook, but Mick was, yeah. oh, what a competitor. Oh, yeah. He's, he's unbelievable. Even the national team, we with the men's national team, he was our captain and rightly so. I mean, we had some greats like Gareth and Adrian and some guys, but everyone still looked up to him, even though he was that bit younger than those guys and he was still, they could see he was the, coming next in line and yeah, it's a shame. Like, cause when you were in college, his freshman year, now he's a year ahead of me in college. His freshman, his freshman year, he was like all C C A C C as a freshman, and you know he, but he was playing soccer as well. He got injured at playing soccer, and coach never forgave him for that. But, uh, mm. but yeah, he serious though, serious baller, like you know, unreal. Absolutely. So during your time in in the Irish Super League and National League, who was the toughest person you've had to guard? And then on the flip side, who was the guy who gave you the most work? Jesus, that's tough. That was so tough. Uh, in the Super League, um, you know what? I'm going to say uh, currently one of the toughest guys to guard one-on-one, -on -one, and I've played against him, actually played against him in the UK, and I played against him here as Puff. You know, he just, because most guys are, you know, now this is a purely one-on-one -on -one basis, you know what I mean? Because he doesn't, if he goes one way, he doesn't, give up on going he'll take you that way but then he'll have something else in the bag to bring you back the other way and then bring you back again most Irish guys might take you one way you'll cut him off and I'd be I'd always overcommit defensively and he, you know I'd, and that was usually most of the time was enough because most Irish guys won't go again or if they do you can anticipate it but with uh with Puff yeah he was he was able to pull back and send me forward and you know so that was really really tough but you know it's Irish guys, yeah, I mean, God, there's so many. Ronan McGarty was tough. I remember playing against Ronan down in Ballina. He used to, yeah, he used to get into it with him. And um, But, yeah, currently I would have to say Puff. But in practice, Emmett Donnelly, again, he was just someone who, my God, his on-ball defense was 
was annoying. It was so annoying. It was so good. It was, it just couldn't, yeah. I guess because he knew me so well as well. He just was just, he knew exactly how to guard me. But yeah, it was. But yeah. I don't feel Vincent's guards, like perennially, Vincent's yeah. guards are that annoying little, like a hornet, like a little gnat. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like, gone wet, yeah. like, if you go back to like Jason Sherlock in his day, Garrett Winders, Donald yeah. Cummins, yeah. John Clancy, then yeah. up to like Emmett, Carl, you, yeah. you were always just there. Yeah. It was like, get, just please give me just an, all I want's an inch. Yeah, that's you know what that's that's funny like because joey i don't know if you ever saw joey boylan playing but that's the way he was and it's a mad it's mad because i didn't know he played like that really as much and then for him to like you know instill that in his players he used to always accept nothing less from us and you know he'd have the drill the the one-on-one full court you have to guard everybody one-on-one full court and he would not like there was no excuses or not but it was we were always terrified when he used to uh, set that drill up, it'd be five one end, you know, six another end, and we'd be looking at each other, and then he'd go, okay, two free throws each. And we'd go, oh, my God, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and he knew what he was doing as well. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. who, who played you the hardest on defense? Who was, who was that one matchup that you hated coming up against? Uh, again, in pra- Emmett. Emmett was just so tough yeah. in practice. He, we, we were never on the same team. And... Um, but like, yeah, because because he was such a good defender, when I used to play games, I used to feel like I had so much space. You know what I mean? Because he used to play me so close. Um, but you know what? It's same kind of Paddy Kelly. Because when I was over Colester again, practicing with him, like so that that year where with Jermaine, when we won the treble that year, um, practices were tougher than games. With Damian Seely, you know, John Bean, Isaac, we were just so good, so talented, and it was. Yeah, those guys, a lot of those guys were just oh, so such tough defenders, you know, it's so hard to narrow one guy down, you know. Um, but yeah, so that would, that would it's funny, it's, you know, I've had a few guys on now who've who've mentioned teammates as their toughest opposition. Yeah. You know, oh, going in practice against this person or going in practice. Gar McGuire said about faulty every day was like yeah. such hard working. But they're the teams that go on to great success. Yeah, yeah. And if you're working like you, you know Rob Kane. Rob, yeah, was, Rob was it was me and Rob against yeah. each other, or me and Connor Blount day in day yeah. out. So when yeah. I got to a game, like you said, I had all the time in the world to do what I needed yeah. to do because yeah, yeah. Not, it's not Connor standing behind me, or it's not yeah. Keener standing behind me. It's like this is easy. Yeah, I mean, and it really does make a difference. I mean, you can develop those uh, those competitive kind of relationships because I know my my second year in college, we, as you know, in colleges, you'd, you'd get like transfers. They come in with a junior a guy come in, and my coach said to me before he come in, he goes, "You're gonna you're gonna love this guy. He's basically the black version of you." And I'm like, "Oh." Then all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, now I'm already now on edge. Like, okay, he's gonna come in, take some minutes." So we were going at it like you know. Uh, tooth and nail, tooth and nail to the point to where coach had to call us into the office and say, look, fellas, you know, okay, there's competitiveness and there's just, just playing, just making everyone else feel awkward. So Jamal Clayton was his name. I'll never forget it. We became such good friends because of it as well. Like, you know, but uh, he had this serious, this MJ turnaround, unblockable thing, that shot that I just, oh my God, could never get to. It used to drive me up the wall. Like, and I tried to close in, take his feet from him, just fell him, but... He was, uh, yeah, he was, he was, he was serious. I have to say, yeah, unbelievable. 
So pre-game routines or superstitions? Have you got any? Not very. I'm not a superstitions. I would have to say one of the things actually I learned from John O'Connor and the Irish teams was visualize visualization. And one of the things I used to always I needed to know the court. Like, you know, I hated arriving at a court I'd never seen. That used to really throw me. But I, I, I know if I was going, say, up to Belfast, I would know the court. If I was going, I mean, down to Neptune, you know, you'd nearly be picturing the court in your mind and I'd be picturing the spots where I would normally like to set up. So I guess vi- rather than superstition, I would, you know, I usually would visualize exactly where I'm going. I know it's very cliche to talk about visualization and stuff like that, but aside from guard, visualizing the guards who you're going to be up against. But yeah, the, the court itself, even the ring, you get to know the ring so well, you know what I mean? Like even how they'd look, where the, where the paint was chipped on them and stuff like that. It knew them so well that like as a shooter, then you just could like just let it fly. But when it was, yeah, when I didn't know the place, then, you know, it was a bit like a bit off putting, I have to say. Yeah. I love the way that you, you like you threw me in there, like, you know, as a shooter. <laughs> <laughs> no, no idea. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned John O'Connor there and visualization. Like, we so we played under John when we were like under, under 17, under 18, and he yeah. was on visualization back then, but like, yeah, so far ahead of his time. Yeah, no, definitely. Def- in aspects, I absolutely agree with all that. The mental side of it was so underrated, and it's, it's still something I know so little about. But, uh, yeah, I, I remember... Because, I mean, as, you're, as a 17-year-old, and you're, you know, with the boys in the Irish team, and you're over in Portugal having a, having a ball, and John's like, okay, guys, just lay down there, lie on the... And, the, and then you're just like, is this for real? Yeah. But, uh, but, pe- but it is so effective. But nowadays, I think, you know, it's people are a lot more clued into it, which is great. Absolutely. You know? Well, I suppose in your your role is with the athletic yeah. development, I suppose the yeah. mental side does come into it as well. Yeah, it does. And we're trying, that's one of the things we're trying to do is build a more fully, like a more holistic, you know, fully rounded program. I mean, I'm, my expertise would be in the nutrition and the strength-based, performance-based stuff. But I mean, we, we want to be able to develop and have a full program where these athletes can, you know, you know, basically just, uh, gain from the resources and gain from the professionalism that we have in the sport as uh, as itself you know what i mean so absolutely and it's 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 much needed yeah like, I, I'd, I'd love to be me again at this yeah. age coming through yeah. the the teams knowing yeah. about nutrition knowing about rest yeah yeah first and foremost like injury you, reduction you're, you're yeah the same, you're the same era as me where you know, you played three school games a week. You played three club games. You were playing up a league. You were playing up yeah. two leagues. You were training yeah. a super league team. And yeah. a niggle was a sign of weakness. Yeah. So you'd yeah. say nothing. It's like the yeah. old NBA guys going, you know, 82 games. I'm going to make 82 games this season. I'm going to play every one. Yeah. And, and now they're paying for it with, like, small little niggles that still pain them. I'd yeah. love to go back and start again. You know what I mean? Just from that point of view. Yeah. I mean, even from a performance point of view, you exactly like the, the, the little things that we're trying to get the athletes to do now and change the mindset and change the culture within Irish basketball. This has been the biggest challenge for us, uh, myself and Kev Foley, who was involved with me. That like just getting them to understand that, uh, you know, how they could go from one like raw talent and yes, basketball. In order to get better basketball, you got to play basketball. 
but we can help maybe elevate you to in certain aspects and help you, you know, um, develop certain weaknesses in your, on your physical stature or whatever it might be. And that's kind of what we're trying to do. And we're trying to make it so that it's progressive, that it's more streamlined. That So when the kid enters into the program at 15, that the things that we're throwing at them or introducing to them, they've seen some of it and they've seen, and they recognize the progressions rather than, it just being a, a number of different strength coaches at different times with different ideas. Not that they were bad. It's just for the Irish kids, we want to see them. By the time they get to 18, I want them to be able to do X, Y, and Z because he started when he was 15. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's still a challenge because, you know, as you know, like resources and contact time. But um, we're getting there. We're definitely getting there. Great. Great to hear. Look, I, I love hearing that side of things because, like I said, the off-camera, myself and Rob Kane have started our own academy. and, and- Yeah. I've reached out to you. I've reached out to Martin McGettrick. There's a couple of people I've reached out to about strength and conditioning. What should I be doing? Where should we be yeah. going? What should we be teaching? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm 45 next birthday. Yeah. Some mornings <laughs> where I struggle to put my feet in the ground without making a noise that I never thought a human should make. <laughs> and and I, don't want that. I don't want that for the kids that are coming through my program. I want them to yeah. know that recovery is fine. Rather than going, it's a a sign of weakness. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah. And recovery comes in many forms. Like, you know what I mean? Because recovery can be just simple, like whether it's active recovery or whether it is literally doing nothing and switching off or whether it is just some form of injury reduction, kind of basic bodyweight exercises, which even at 45 can still benefit. People don't realize that they have this misconception about SNC and they think that it's all muscle, be muscle bound and, you know, just pumping iron and bicep curls. And from a sporting point of view, it couldn't be further from the truth. You know what I mean? We, we're just kind of prepping them for the physical demands that sport basically endures on them. And recovery, one of the, big, one of the best uh, quotes I have from when I worked in the Irish Strength Institute, don't train if you can't gain. And that goes for anything, you know what I mean? So once you recover, then you can benefit and gain from whatever it is you're trying to do in terms of if it is in the weight room, if it's on the track, to transfer onto the court. So Brilliant. I'll be in touch about next season for me. Yeah. <laughs> one, the, the famous one more year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> so here's here's a, here's a strange one favorite shoes to wear favorite in-game shoes what what was your go-to back in the day and what do you wear now oh in-game well you know what I, that was it when i started i was like that's this is an easy one the jays jordan's retro fives i'm still in love with those i just i would with the silver tongue black and gray i would wear them all day i have six or seven pairs of jordans but i still haven't got a pair of them yet um i remember myself and me when we were uh, we had the the 180s, the Barclay 180s. I was rocking them for a while, and I was terrified the air bubble was going to burst on them because the thing was just so prominent. The fear uh, was real. Yeah, it was. <laughs> the fear was real. Um, pumps. I got. I actually have a, re, a pair of Reebok pumps I have right now. I still have. I got a new pair, like the retro version. But but they're all horrendous to play in, to be honest. But um, I, right now I'm going with the Under Armors. They just feel so light. They're real compact, kind of. And the way you shoot, you'd you'd have to wear, you'd have to wear steps. (laughs) Steps, yeah. You'd have to, it's only two. Yeah, no, the Under Armour is serious, yeah. Very nice, yeah, I have to say, at the minute, yeah. First first shout out to Under Armour. All right, all right. Nice job, nice job. (laughs) 
So it's you and four others going to a pickup game in a gym. It's winter stays on. Who are you taking with you? Oof. Um, that was another so tough go, one. You can go teammates or yeah. you can go people you wished you'd played with. You throwing yourself over there. <laughs> um, let me see. <laughs> we played three games together. Played three games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd have to say, God, it was, you know, it was a tough one trying to think of people. Um, but uh, I don't remember when I was on the national team, men's national team, John Burke, big seven foot, one John Burke, and a pickup game, that would have been handy. Yeah. Um, again, Mick, Mick Richardson does a bit of everything. Um, Kev Foley and then probably Puff you know because then he can give the ball up to me <laughs> that's a nasty that's a nasty five yeah it's not bad <laughs> that's a nasty five so what we're going to do is when we release all the episodes we're going to have a bracket right. so what we're going to do is it's going to be whoever whoever plays whoever the first two releases are will release their two fives and people are going to vote on who wins that game. And then the third episode comes onto the court and we're going to just keep it rolling to see who the season one champ is. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. But that, that's a pretty solid five, I have to say. That's a pretty, that's pretty <laughs> solid. Any team with Puff in there is a decent decent. That's spot. true. Yeah, he makes people better. Yeah, definitely. Look, shout out to Puff. He, he, he has yeah. a great command, but the work that he does on Instagram and the work that he's doing in his academies... You know, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely inspirational. Yeah, you know, yeah, it is. It, it's like even like some of all the like all the Americans. Like that, I was only looking at that that Facebook page, the eighties and nineties, and yeah, yeah. Sometimes some of the lads, those lads who've made here their home, they don't get enough shout out. You know, like the Ricks, the you know Jerome, like Puff is now what would you can consider him like the the modern american has come over and made home his and he's influenced like they've been through so many of us like you know in such a huge way i know myself even just going to watch like the game would be nothing would have been nothing without them you know and so yeah they don't get enough shouts no definitely not so we're going to change lane we're going to move away from basketball for a split second top five musical artists of all time who who do you listen to Oh, well, number one is Oasis. I'm a massive, massive Oasis fan. Liam Gallagher is my man. I know everyone considers him a knob, but... Uh, sure, I, I, Oasis I, show. Nice. Is it? Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. Jenny, Mike. Uh, yeah, Oasis. And then I guess it's kind of like, you know, when you're going through all your school years and you're, you know, you kind of roll in. Like, there was always when you're rolled in with the rap era and, like, with ball, it always kind of comes hand in hand. So any 90s rap, I was I was all up on, you know, all over it. Like, Ice Cube, Lethal Injection, NWA, all those guys, you know what I mean? But um, then I started getting more into the Rocky side. Currently, Oasis, to always Oasis now, currently. But anything, Nirvana, Muse, yeah. And then, like, a little bit of Jamiroquai. So, odd, odd one. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> weird. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's not weird. Trust me. <laughs> these episodes release. <laughs> you're sitting watching these episodes and you're going, really? <laughs> Joe, right, so. Yeah. Joey Hastrup. Yeah. Great guy. Play, great guy. Played with you. Yeah. Played with me. Joey's musical taste was horrendous, right? So working <laughs> on, like, hor- now I mean, he put on dance music in the car and I felt like driving into the ditch half the time. So we're sitting and I asked Joey, top five musical acts of all time. And I'm like, 
already cringe and going, God knows. <laughs> Joey rocks That's out hilarious. with ACDC and Pearl Jam. And I'm like, Whoa. ACDC, yeah, I did not see it. I wouldn't have seen that one coming at all. I don't think Max. anybody will. I don't think anybody <laughs> will see Joey Hashtag saying ACDC as, as one of his favorite acts of all time. <laughs> look, he did. he did, and that's that's Joey for you. So, next question You're the DJ, we're warming up. What are the last three songs that we're listening to before we come off the court? Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, so the one I used to always listen to, I got for some reason. I used to get me going Pretender by Foo Fighters. Um, and then, yeah, I used to love House of Pain because I was always on, jump around, you know what I mean? They always always play in all the warm-ups and I think I just kind of got ingrained a bit. But um, And then another song by Muse. But like, yeah, I don't think anyone would be too mad on listening to my warm-up tape. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is Pete's not in charge of the music? <laughs> Yeah, you're fired. <laughs> Is that where we're going? With? That's where we're going. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> so you've been around. You've been around the league. You've, you've, you know, you've played yeah. abroad. You've, you've, you've been to college. You're now on the other side where you're, you're mixing your, your playing career and, and coaching now. But what advice would you give to a 16 year old Pete Madsen if he was sitting in front of you, knowing what you know now? Mm. What advice would you give him? Aim higher, in terms of what you could where you could have been and the league in leagues and on the continent. And I guess, yeah, because I like when I was finished college, I like all I wanted to do was go to college and say, get a scholarship, go college and States, do well. And then, and then play super league. You know what I mean? And I never realistically like thought further than that. And now, you know, you're looking at social media and you're like, cause guys are just so connected with other leagues. And I didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't even know really understand what the other leagues were or what it was like. And, um, and I kind of took an easy route going to the UK because because I, I knew someone there and um, but yeah like I mean I had an offer to go to a place in France which again I just bottled it because I was like I don't really know what, what I'm getting myself in for there and I just didn't and so yeah I would say aim higher like just get your foot in the door and go you know and that would that would probably be what I'd say to 16 year old me it's such an horror thing isn't it it's such yeah. an that lack of belief yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what definitely. I mean? The phone call comes and somebody says to you, look, I have, I have this lined up for you. And you go, ah, you're grand. <laughs> yeah, you're grand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm, you know, yeah. right? I'm, I'm doing okay here. Cheers. Thanks. Yeah. I know exactly. Because you were like, you know, like, well, I'm an international happy days and all. But like, then it's like, it's not enough. Like, it shouldn't have been enough. I should have been like, right now, what's next? What's next? Let's go. Let's go. You know, get the foot in the door, get on the continent, suck it up, go for it. Um, but I didn't really have anyone kind of saying to me, you should go, you should go, you know, and it'd be like, my mom be like, ah, yeah, should you be Grant here? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what it was. It was like, even when I, when I finished playing with, with um, Notre Dame as they were, like, I, yeah. I finished playing at 22 because I, I'd have fallen out with Jenkins and it was just. Yeah, yeah, that's. But I'd not, I, I just stopped. Yeah. Instead, like, I'd, I'd love now somebody to just say to me, why don't you just go like literally across the M50? to yeah. Leicester or Tolkien yeah. or, or Vincent yeah. or go to Marion because yeah. I mean, can't, can't play for anyone else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were chatting about that. <laughs> menta that mentality is still alive a little bit. Maybe it's just more our era of people like, you know, but yeah. It's, one, it's, one club players. That's like, it's just, I like as I said to you off camera, yeah. I, I signed with Vincent two years ago. Yeah. And I remember like talking to, to Rob going, to Rob Kane, like going, I'm after signing for Vincent. But I felt like I was genuinely nervous telling them. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. What's wrong with you? It's not I think like there's people from United to Liverpool. It's like I'm, yeah. I'm just going across. I'm just playing a bit of Dublin basketball <laughs> for the crack. Yeah, like nobody's. I know if people. Like <laughs> <laughs> so people still, I think, give me the stink eye when they when they hear like or reminded of when I transferred from Colester to Vincent's and then back. Like I think they're still a bit like. But it's funny. Pac 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 like, Lover said the same. Pac Lover said the yeah. same. He moved from Marion to Vincent's. There was guys that would walk past him on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm well, like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like you didn't exist anymore. Yeah. I was like, right. wow. Well, yeah, that's great advice is to aim higher. I, I, look, I wish more Irish players did. Yeah. Because there's a generation out there that should have gone further than they did. I agree. 100% agree. You yeah. know, yeah. Definitely. 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 So, second last question, which is, again, like I get to this point in every episode and I go, really? Yeah. <laughs> so dead or alive five dinner guests you'd invite to your house they can be friends family or famous the choice is yours who's coming to dinner in pete's house oh well i suppose it was gonna have to be <laughs> the boys so um <laughs> only because we're kind of all split up now because so mick richardson i was his best man he was mine joey mcgurk uh, Emmett Donnelly, John Daverin, John Daverin, who's still in the States. Davo, yeah, then, man, what a, he was a baller. Yeah, yeah, Davo, gas man. Still, I think he's one, one of those guys who went to the States and actually ended up getting a worse Dublin accent. He now sounds like he has a stronger <laughs> He tried so hard to keep it. I'm like, I can't even understand him. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and then another big guy I went to college with from, from uh, of all places, Muff, in, in, uh, up north in Derry. He... Yeah, uh, Ronan O'Leary, 6'9". Yeah, he lives... Yeah, I know, that's a people... 6'9", guy from Muffin, Open Dairy, and he... Yeah, he came over to the States. He's a monster of a man. But, uh, yeah, another one I couldn't understand either, and I was supposed to translate for him for all the brothers in the States, and this, like, wasn't happening. I was like, don't look at me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they, they'd be, the, be great, because it's actually been... God, it's I don't know how many years it's been since we've all got together. And so they would have been all the, the main lads that we hung out with. Ronan, which I met in the States, but became very good friends with. So, yeah, look, all those guys. It's a solid five. It's a solid five. And look, yeah. here's, here's the, here's the follow-on. Are we ordering yeah. in or are we cooking? And if so, what are we eating? Well, I thought about this because I've been, I've been, I love my pizza. Love my pizza. But... Uh, the lads now, I don't know if it's something to do with their age or what. They're all, they're getting big into their cooking meat stuff and they're sending pictures and Mick is giving it, because Mick lives in Arizona, you know, so it's all about the barbecue and the hung and I'm just sending them over pictures of my three and one, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, you know what? I'd, uh, I would probably order pizza in the end. I'd probably win out in the end, so. <laughs> right, so if you ever get a chance, I'm going I'm to give you, this, this is for free. Wood yeah. Forum Wings, Wood Forum Wings in uh, Clondalkin. Okay. Amazing pizza. Yeah. Amazing wings. Yes. That's my name. I'm sure the boys over there will look after you. Ian and, Ian and Rory, two good friends of mine. All over. You, you, you need to get over there. You need to get over to Wood Oh, man. Because wings, that is Mick's thing. That is his thing. Chicken wings. He has to try chicken wings. Everybody loves them. And when I say he likes them hot, like this, he is literally dripping sweat himself, sweat like, and he just look. I'm like, how are you even enjoying that? My my go to <laughs> over there, my go to in Woodford would be the sriracha and garlic wings. Right, nice. Yeah. 
Oh, or else every now and again, teriyaki duck wings. You need you need to get over there. Duck wings, never, yeah, never teriyaki tried them. duck, Happy absolutely days. incredible. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there, you go. there you go. I'll give you that one for free. <laughs> they sound quacking. <laughs> Look, we've reached it's coming up to the last question. First and foremost, Pete, I just want to say to you, thanks a million for giving your time. Oh, it's been a pleasure chatting to you again. You're one of those guys that you can always reach out to, you'll always get a reply. It's you know what I mean? And like I said at the very start, I wish we could have played a bit more together. Yeah, definitely. That one two punch would have worked perfectly. You coming off <laughs> on screens and me just rebounding. Not that you missed many. It would have been, been fine. You're too kind. You're too kind. You know, and, and another night out in an industrial estate in the UK probably would have gone down well. Uh, Say no more. That's a story for a different day and a different time. Uh, yeah. Upside down furniture, yeah. Yeah. Well, look. <laughs> yeah. Rob, Rob Keane, removal services. That's all I'm going to say. Demolition, man. <laughs> um, look. I look forward to seeing you playing next year with Malahoy. It'd be great to see you back on court. Keep up all the work you're doing with the Irish teams. You know, it's so important. And it's, yeah. I think it's fantastic that the Irish basketball community are finally getting into this athletic yeah. development, strength and conditioning, mental side yeah. of basketball, because God knows we need it. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're not going to be the tallest. We're not going to be the strongest. But if we can get, like, just a, another inch or another yeah. little bit quicker... We could compete yeah. again, and, and it's great to see, you know. So I appreciate all of you and Kev are doing for, uh, for that, you know. Great. So last question. Who would you like to see on the podcast? Who do you want to see sitting in your seat getting grilled? Who would I like to see? Oh, it's so many of them. I would say, can I give you two? You can give me as many as you want, pal. All right, okay. Right. I definitely, one, I've mentioned him a few times today because obviously he is, he is like my brother, but Mick Richardson and someone who, I definitely deservedly needs a shout out and you know his 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 basketball ability was unbelievable and um it'll be good to reconnect with him he's a funny guy uh JB Joey Boylan got to get him on if you can tra- if you have a translator or something like that be good but yeah <laughs> Boy, look, look I said to you off camera Joey was the first person to pick me for an Irish team you yeah. know he he's a le- he's a legend Absolutely. that's end of story the word is used yeah. too often, but it's not even, it doesn't even come close to describe what Joey is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so there be the guys. Definitely got hit them Mick up. Rich and Joey B. Yeah. I'm going to actually me- message Mick now. Yeah, do. <laughs> get it done now. I'm going to get it done now. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. you got to do it. Yeah. Fire on that one. Yeah. Get Good it man. Done now. Listen, Pete, appreciate your time. Best Always. luck for next season with Malahide and all that you're doing. Stay safe. Love to the family. And we'll talk soon. You too. Take care, Jago. All the best. So that was episode with Pete Madsen. Um, If you head over to our Instagram story to vote on the Winner Stays On competition, Team Scully there yet again to take on Pete's team. Um, And then head to our Spotify as well to listen to Pete's Tree additions to the, the Shot Clock podcast playlist. Um, everything's available now in our link tree thank you Hilary Nets for teaching me how to do that the other night um, so look Monday's episode we'll drop a few hints as usual get over and vote like subscribe all those fun things um, and until next time this is Jago saying I'll see you on the court soon. <laughs>